Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Well, are you guys ready to get into God's Word today? You guys excited to come in expecting? I heard that you guys were the wild service. Is, is that true? So are you guys ready to get into God's Word today? You guys excited for that? All right, then turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going Old Testament today, 2 Kings chapter 4. And I want to talk to you a little bit how to remain fully filled while you continually pour out your life. I want to share a message with you that I'm calling, There's More Where That Came From. And let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to be together. I just pray, God, that you would use this time that we have to speak to us. Lord, that your word would take root within our hearts, that we would bear much fruit. Lord, that your word would change and transform our lives. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would want to speak to us today, eyes to see you from the pages of your word, and most importantly, a heart that would be soft and ready to receive your word. And Lord, we ask that your word would do the work in which it was sent to accomplish within our lives. I pray that we would see you, no matter where we're at in our relationship with you today, that you would give to each one of us exactly what we need by your Spirit. And we look forward to what you're going to do today in our lives. And we give you all the glory in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Life is full of demands. Whether you're experiencing that presently or you've experienced that in the past, and if not, you will experience that in the future, that life is full of demands. There's always someone that needs something and things that have to get done. So we continually pour out our lives. We continue to give and give and give until it comes to a point, though, where it feels like we have nothing left to give. After all, every person only has so much to pour out before they run out. So what do we do when the demands in life are greater than the supply? When there are needs that have to be met and there are responsibilities that have to be accomplished, when there are obligations that need to be fulfilled, when there are commitments that you always knew you never wanted, but you have anyways, when, when there's things in life that just are demands and needs, it seems that there's always someone that needs something from you. And if you're a parent, they're called children. And the demands, the spouse, the responsibilities at work, the ministry, what do you do? What can we do? Well, today I want us to see something from our text today. I want to show you what we can do, what we should do, what we ought to do. Really what God only can do through you as we pour out our lives. It's 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to draw your attention to verse 1. It says, A certain woman 
of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. We see in our text today that there was a woman whose husband served as an assistant prophet to Elisha. He died, and now the wife is trying her best to provide for her family as a widow. But no matter what she does and all the work that she does, it, it's not enough. And so she's falling deeper and deeper into debt. She can't financially sustain her family. And now she's about to lose her two sons to the creditor. For in that day that if you were in debt, that your family could be taken as you could say employees by force to work a job to pay the debt that you owe. And so now the creditor is taking her two sons as slaves to work off the debt that she has incurred. She's been trying everything that she could as a single mom to take care of her family. She's working two jobs. She's working the graveyard shift. She's sleeping very little. She's doing all that she can to keep her family together. But it seems like no matter what she does and the amount that she pours out, her family is still falling apart. And she doesn't want the creditor to take her sons away. She doesn't want to she, lose her sons. She's already lost her husband and now she's on the brink of losing her sons. And she's worked hard and it seems like no matter what she does, it's not enough. She's sold all of her furniture in the house. She's pawned off their possessions. She doesn't even have money to buy food. There's literally nothing left in her house except a little jar of oil. It would be safe to say that she literally had nothing left to give. She's poured out everything. So she turns to Elisha who her husband used to work for. She knows about the miracles that have been performed. She, she turns for help. And it says that she cried out to Elisha. Perhaps she was just calling out to Elisha, but more literally, most likely with tears streaming down her face, broken in, in despair, she cries out to Elisha. I need help. I have done everything that I possibly could do. I, I've given it all and it's still not enough. And so Elisha asks her, well, what do you have in your house? And she literally replies by saying, I have nothing in my house except a, a little jar of oil. Now don't think of this oil as some cooking oil. No, this oil in the Bible would be incredibly expensive oil because of the process that you would have to go through to, to make this oil. It most likely was a, a fragrant oil, some type of perfume. Most likely it probably was the oil that they used to anoint her husband's body in the burial process. 
If you remember when Jesus was buried, they anointed his body with oil. It was customary when you buried somebody in that culture to anoint their body with oil. And so most likely this was all that she had left of her husband, just a little bit of oil left in the jar. And whatever it was, we don't know for certain exactly what this oil was, but we know that it was of great value to this woman because she was willing to let go of everything else and not even have enough money to buy food, but she didn't want to let this go. So she says, I have nothing but just a, a little bit of oil left in a, a little jar. So Elisha responds to her in, in verse three and says to her, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessel to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. There are three things I want us to see today from this text. More importantly than just three points of a sermon, they are three important understandings that we need to have as Christians. I want you to write this down. When you see what you don't have, God sees what you do have. In our story, all the woman could focus on was what she no longer had to give. I no longer have the resources. I no longer have what is needed. I, I no longer, her focus is on what she didn't have. But Elisha, on the other hand, was only interested in what she had left to give. We, like this widow, often focus on what we no longer have in our lives. What we don't have to give to God what we no longer have that we, we think we would need to accomplish what God would call us to do. The people that are no longer with us, the friendships that have been broken, the relationships that have been severed, the finances that once were there in the bank account that no longer are. And we think, I, I can't do what God has called me to do because I no longer have this. But I want you to realize today that God isn't stuck on what you don't have. God is only interested in what you do have. And what she had became the vessel in which God worked a miracle. And what you have to give to God can be the vessel that God would use to work a miracle. You see, we often excuse God from using our lives because of limitations, limited resources, limited time, limited energy, limited abilities. And because we are limited, we excuse ourselves from being used by God to be obedient to God to do what he has called us to do in our lives. 
But our limitations don't limit God. God is limitless. And so we can't excuse ourselves because of our limitations, because our limitations don't limit God. Do you realize that today? Our limitations don't limit God. The reason why? It's because God is into limited edition people. God uses people who are limited for the purpose of when God accomplishes what only God could do, people would see what God has done through you and would say about you, it had to be God. It couldn't have, I know that guy, I know that gal. There's no way that God could ever do, or that they could ever do that. There must be a God. I love that the Bible says that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. We think that God chooses us because of how special we are. God actually has chosen you because of how stupid you are. (laughs) Welcome to church. And when God uses you in a way that's so above and beyond you to accomplish his plan and his purpose, guess who gets all the credit? God does. God gets all the glory for what only he could do through you. And so God chooses to use people who are limited so that we would know and others watching how God is working would also know that there is a God and it must have been God and God gets all the glory. Throughout the pages of the Bible, as you read through the Bible, you'll find story after story after story how God has chosen people who were vessels that had very little to give. I think of Moses, who was chosen to be the spokesperson for God to the world. And Moses was raised up to be the deliverer, and God called him to to use him. But Moses did what we often do when God asks us to do something that's so beyond ourselves. We make excuses. Well, God, I don't think I can do that like Moses did. Well, God, I I can't be your spokesperson because I stutter. And so God, I can't talk on behalf of you. Get somebody else. God, you have plenty of people to use. Use somebody else. And, And Moses started to excuse himself because of his own abilities. But then God looked at Moses and in Exodus chapter four, verse two, God asked Moses a question. He said, what is that in your hand? And Moses replied, it's a staff. Moses had his walking stick with him and and God just asked Moses a question, what is it that you do have? You're just telling me everything that you don't have and everything that you're not, but I'm just interested on what you do have. And God would use what Moses had as long as what Moses had in his hand was for God. And God would use that walking stick to bring about the plagues in Egypt. God would use that walking stick to part the Red Sea. God would use that walking stick to bring victory in the battle over the Amalekites. God would use what Moses had in his hand as long as what Moses had in his hand was for God. And the same is true in your life. You might be limited. You might feel like you don't have much to offer, but God isn't concerned or limited with your limitations. God will use whatever it is that you have as long as what you have is for God. 
And so all you have to do is give what you have to God and God will use it. And just like not only Moses, but Joshua, who was fearful, God would use to be the courageous leader. Gideon, who was the weakest in his family and his family was the weakest in the tribe and and God would choose Gideon who was limited. Jesus chose a woman who gave two mites, which is equivalent to a half a penny, to teach the world throughout all generations of what it means to give generously because she gave all that she had. God would use a boy who came to a preaching festival, an outdoor amphitheater on this hill with his sack lunch, some loaves and fish. And when he took what he had in his hand and he gave it to God, God would take what he had and he would multiply it and use that one boy's sack lunch to feed the multitudes. And over and over and over again, you will find God will use whatever it is that you have in your life as long as what you have in your life is for him. I believe that God is searching to and fro all over this world, looking whose hearts are fully committed to him. Men and women that would simply say, God, I don't have a lot, but whatever I do have, God, you can take and use for your purposes and for your glory. I often say that the greatest ability to be used by God is availability. It's someone that would just say, God, I'm available. Whatever you wanna do with me, my life has been bought with a price. My life is no longer my own. Listen, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you surrender your life. And most of us don't mind doing that when we come to Christ. And the reason why, because our life was so broken and the biggest mess in the world. And you're like, God, if you can take these broken pieces and use it, you can have them. I can't get anybody else to want to take them. So God, you want it, you can have it. And we surrender our life willingly. But then God starts to do what only God can do. And he begins to do what all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't do and put little Humpty Dumpty back together again. And he puts our lives back together and starts to rebuild our lives. And then we start to think, well, I'm, I'm really busy now, God. I got this going for me and I have this going for me and all the blessings of God that God has given to us. Well, God, I don't really have time anymore to serve you. I, I'm really busy with these commitments in life and, and we no longer surrender all of our life to God. But listen, if you have given your life to God, your life has been bought with a price. You no longer are your own. You belong to Christ. But the greatest thing about that is what you would want for you is what Christ has for you. And if you knew the outcome of God's plan, you would only want what God wants for your life because God knows what's best for your life. If he was willing not to withhold his son, Jesus Christ, for you personally, then you can be certain he's not gonna withhold any good thing. And so God has a reputation of using the little that we have. As long as it's for God, God will use it. And that's why one of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to get us to focus on what we don't have, what we used to have, or perhaps my favorite, 
what someone else has that you wished you had. Well, God, if you blessed me financially like you've blessed them, then I would give to you. No, you wouldn't. You don't even give to God what little you have. So you think if he gave you more, you would be more faithful? That's not the reality of how it works. When we're faithful with the little, then God entrusts us with more. But so many times we listen to the lies of the enemy and thinking, well, if I had that, then I could. If I had what I used to have, well, then I would. But God isn't limited by your limitations. God isn't asking you for what you don't have. God is simply asking you this question, what is it that you do have? Here's the profound truth that we need to begin embracing today. All God needs to work a miracle in and through your life is all that you already have. So what is it in your vessel? What is it in your life? God will take that and use that because our God who created the vast universe out of nothing can take the little that we have and multiply it and use it for his purposes and his plan. God can use you too. Aren't you thankful for that today? And so when you see what you don't have, God sees what you do have. Number two, write this down. If you keep pouring out, God will keep filling you up. This woman in our story had very little to offer her children, very little to provide for her family. She really had very little of anything to offer, but God would use what little she had. It says in verse three, let's read it again together. Elisha says, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. Don't gather just a few. Elisha tells this woman, gather all the empty vessels that you can find. Bring as many empty vessels that, are, that you can find it and then start pouring out. Start pouring out into every vessel that you can gather around you. And as this widow was obedient to do what she was instructed to do, it was then a miracle took place. You see, most of us realize there's only so much that we can pour out until we have nothing left to pour out. Perhaps you felt that way before, where you've done everything that you can do to, to make things work. You've done everything you can to provide for your family and it still seems like you're coming up short financially having a difficult time making the bills. Maybe it's about reconciling a relationship with perhaps a prodigal child or a friend or even a spouse. And you feel like you've done all that you possibly can do. And, and, and I've given completely everything of myself to, to make this work. And it seems like it's still not enough. Maybe in your life, you've come to the realization where there's just not enough hours in the day. With a show of hands, how many of you have ever thought, man, I wish the day could just be a little bit longer. I wish I had a little bit more sunlight. I wish, I wish that I could get, a, I, need a, I need a longer day. It's like, I need, I, need like, I need like three weeks straight where I could just get stuff done and get caught up in life. I think all of us have come to a point where we wish that 
we had a little bit longer or more time in the day to get the demands done within the day. And this woman, she's doing everything that she can to hold things together, but she's still coming up short. And like this woman, perhaps you've come to a point in your life where you've cried out to God, God, I, I don't have anything left to give. I've tried everything. I've poured out everything. I've done everything I can do, and it still seems like it's not enough. God, I don't have anything left to give except maybe a little bit of this. And God isn't saying, what do you no longer have to give? But God is asking the very question that Elisha asked this woman, well, what do you have left? You see, in the Bible, oil in biblical typology illustrates, represents the Holy Spirit. And God is asking us today, what is it that you have in your vessel? You see, vessels in the Bible represent our bodies, the earthen vessels, our containers of what God is doing within us. It's a vessel and, and God's asking us that question. What is it that you have in your vessel? It's not that God doesn't know what we have left. It's that God wants us to realize what it is that we have in our vessel. You see, because if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you've opened up your heart to him. You've been given a promise by God that he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. That when you open the door of your heart to him, that Jesus comes in by his spirit and lives within us, dwells with us. The, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the grave is the same power that's living within us. And so God is asking us this question, what is it that you have in your vessel so that we would realize we have this perpetual source, Jesus Christ. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, talking about the Holy Spirit says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. You see, our lives are likened to jars of clay and we are the vessel that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You are this little jar. And in our story today, you might say, well, you know what? I only have a little bit left to pour out. And it seems like the demands are so much greater than the supply. If you're a parent, you know that to be true. You have children and your children always need something from you, don't they? Always more, always more. Dad, I need this. Mom, I need this. And so what do you do? You, as a good parent, you try to meet those needs and you pour out. But it comes to a point where there's really little to nothing left to give and it seems like they still need more. But the reality is your children aren't your only demands in life. Well, you have other responsibilities. You have your job. You have the stuff that you have to accomplish at home, your responsibilities. You have your ministry that you're involved in at Calvary Church and the responsibilities there to serve. That's why I'm using the Res coffee cup because it represents the ministry that we're involved in. And, and so you have all of that to, to pour and to fill as well. And the kids were enough, more than enough. And it seems like you don't have enough to meet your family's needs, but now you have your job and responsibilities and ministry and, and other empty vessels around you. And then there's a, a pot that's cracked. It has cracks all over it. It has a hole in the bottom. And no matter how much you pour into it, it seems like it is always empty. 
You pour and you pour and pour and it's just flowing right out the bottom. It's a cracked pot. This, this represents your mother-in-law. <laughs> because it's a crack pot. <laughs> and it's like, I'm trying to meet my family's needs and I got ministry and work and my household stuff. And then I got the mother-in-law. And then there's your husband. <laughs> and you're like, God, really? Like, like the kids weren't enough? And then ministry and work and the mother-in-law. And now I gotta, like, God, really? Like I'll ever be able to satisfy that. They always need something more. And here I am continuously pouring out and there's no hope that I'll ever fill that. So God, what am I supposed to do? Like, like I have all these things, like he wasn't enough. But the word of the Lord for us today is that as long as you keep pouring out by the spirit, in the spirit, through the spirit, that God will keep filling you up. For as long as this woman was pouring out oil, God kept filling her up. And as long as you continue to pour out your life, God promises to continue to fill you up in his spirit. Notice in our story that it wasn't that the woman poured out and then needed a break to get recharged, to get refilled, and then she would pour out again. She was pouring out continuously perpetually. And while she was pouring out, the vessel was being fulfilled perpetually. It was in the pouring out that she was being filled. And so too in our lives, as long as we continue to pour out, God promises to continue to fill us up. So what I want us to take away today, to realize today, to understand today, that the spirit of God that is likened to oil is called the helper in the Bible. And the spirit of God will always help us do all that God has called us to do. So God brought me here today, I believe, to tell you this one truth that you need to realize when it comes to gathering empty vessels around you and all the people that need something from you, that there is more where that came from, that God will be your sustainer, that God will be your provider, that God will meet every need according to his riches in Christ Jesus, and that God has an abundant supply, a never-ending supply, a perpetual supply of what you need in your life to meet all the needs in your life. The Bible says, how can we be so foolish to try to finish in the flesh what God began in the spirit? So many times we go back to trying to finish what God has done, what God began in our own strength. But Zechariah chapter four, verse six says that it's not by our might to work the relationship out. It's not by our power to accomplish the demands, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. 
What we need to realize today is that God has a perpetual supply of all that we need as long as we do what God has called us to do. That's why Philippians chapter four, verse 19 says that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But notice it doesn't say that God will supply all of your needs. It says that God will supply all of your need because God understands there's only one thing that we truly need in our life, and that is to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Do you want God to work in your life in the miraculous? Do you wanna see God use you in ways that you never even could think or imagine? Then church, keep pouring out. There's empty vessels all around us. There's empty vessels that are people's lives that are so empty and broken and, and, and are searching that they've, they've looked to everything that the world has to offer to fill them and it doesn't fill them. And they're, they're broken vessels, they're empty vessels. And God promises to fill you to overflowing because after you pour out all the vessels, into all the vessels, listen, your life is left filled. Watch this. The oil only stopped flowing when there wasn't any more empty vessels. Look at verse six one more time. It says, now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. God will continue to fill you up until every empty vessel around you has been filled. God will continue to fill you until every need is met, until every demand is fulfilled, until every responsibility is accomplished, until every obligation is completed that God has called you to do. And you, as you pour out and fill every empty vessel around you, listen, then after you pour out, God doesn't leave you feeling empty because the oil filled the vessel as she was pouring out and the oil only stopped perpetually filling the container after every vessel was filled and this vessel was still left completely full. God doesn't leave you empty after you pour your life out. I'll tell you this, the most fulfilling, <laughs> fully filling, satisfying thing that you can ever encounter in your life is simply being faithful and obedient to what God has called you to do. Finding the purpose in your life is simply doing what God has created you for. There's nothing more satisfying in life than doing that. God won't leave you feeling empty after you've poured out your life. That's the, the great paradox of this story that after you give of yourself perpetually continuously for all the empty vessels God will never leave you feeling empty afterwards but you will always find yourself being filled what I want us to see today is that God is our perpetual supply and as long as we keep pouring out God will keep filling us up because God gives free refills God keeps filling us up. He's our perpetual source. He's our never ending supply. So church, if you keep pouring out, God will keep filling you up.
And number three, and finally, your impact will be determined by your obedience. The number of jars that this woman gathered was an indication of her faith. She could have said, well, you know what? It doesn't make sense because I only have a little bit left to give. And so, you know, one container will be enough. I don't even have enough to fill one container. So one will be enough. We don't need to gather all these empty vessels around us because, well, the supply is limited. But they gathered as many vessels as they could find all the vessels, their neighbors, and all that they could gather, they gathered. And the vessels that she gathered was an indication of her faith and her obedience. When we have the attitude that the oil will only go this far, our resource will only go this far, so we will only go this far, we will always find ourselves limiting God on what he could have done. Because God's provision will go as far as your faith and obedience will take you. And God says, if you keep pouring out in the spirit, then I will keep filling you up with the spirit. So church, if you want to see God flow through you and in you, all you have to do is keep pouring out. I know many of us desire to see revival in our land in the state and in our country, we know it's needed. The only thing that will heal our land is when people return to God. And so we know that God is the answer. We know God is what needed. And so we pray, God, bring revival, pour out your spirit. And God's saying back to the church, I've given you my spirit. Why don't you start pouring it out? There's empty people around you. Pour out the Spirit. Listen, revival has always started with one person who was revived by God. Through a prayer meeting, through working through a person, revival was brought by somebody that started pouring out the Spirit of God, who was filled and then out of that excess, overflowing into other people's lives. If you want revival in your land, Church, then start pouring out. Don't stop pouring out. And God will use your life in a way that you never even thought possible. Don't limit God because of your own limitations. God is limitless. And as you pour out and keep pouring out, never forget there's more where that came from. You have great needs, that may be true, there may be great demands on your life. That's part of life. But keep pouring out. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. There's more where that came from. God has used this church in such a powerful way to make an impact in this community across the state of Colorado, around the country, and literally around the world. Because there's been people faithful to serve God, to give generously, to be a part of the body. People that have said, God, use me. 
There's been people that have paved a pathway for you to be able to come to this place and to hear about God's word. There's people that have gone before you and sacrificed so much. And right now, currently, many of you are sitting in someone else's sacrifice. But God is not done with Calvary Church. God, I believe, is just getting warmed up for what he wants to do through this ministry. And there's greater things to come. And as Pastor Ed always says, the best is still yet to come. And I know that God is going to use you and this church as a part of this church to make an impact as long as you keep pouring out. So church, don't stop pouring out. Keep pouring out and give God your life and he's going to do great things through you in Jesus' name. Do you believe that today? So God, I pray for this, your church. You've used it, God, so powerfully for so many years. And Lord, we know that you're not done with Calvary Church. You're just getting warmed up. You're just getting started. And I pray, God, that today we would realize the importance of surrendering our lives completely to you. No longer making excuses why we can't, but that you would work in our hearts as we understand the people that are used by you. It's not that they have more time or resource or ability. It's just that they have more of a heart for it. And so God, we pray that you would give us a heart for your kingdom. Lord, we understand that there's empty vestals all around us, our neighbors, our coworkers, There's people that are so broken and empty and you promised to fill us to overflowing. We're completely filled and the excess of that is enough to fill all those around us. So help us, God, to continue to pour out our lives. That we would stop making excuses why we can't be used by you and we would answer the call you've placed on our lives to be used by you. And Lord, that you would use us for your plans and for your purposes for such a time as this, to be a part of what you want to do and that you would allow us to partner with you. You don't need us to accomplish anything but you allow us to be a part of what you're going to do so that we can be a recipient of the reward because you're our heavenly father and you wanna see those good gifts and blessings be poured out on our lives. So you just call us to pour out. Help us, Lord, to continue to pour out. There's people that need you and we have the hope of salvation. Help us to share that. Help us to not grow weary in doing good. But so much more as the day of your return is approaching. And Lord, I pray that you would empower us and strengthen us by your spirit to do what you've called us to do. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe there's some here today who come into church not knowing 
that satisfaction, fulfillment that you can find in Jesus Christ. Maybe today you found yourself empty and broken and you've been trying to satisfy that, that emptiness within, that void that you have within your life. And you've tried things. Maybe you've tried drugs or alcohol to fill that emptiness. Maybe you've tried relationships or sexual endeavors and you've, you've done everything to try to satisfy that craving in your life, but nothing does and you find yourself even more empty Listen, nothing can fill your vessel and leave you fully filled other than Jesus Christ. He's it. And today in seeing that picture of your life emptied, knowing the need to be filled with Jesus today, you wanna to surrender your life to God. The Bible says that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knocking. And if you would simply open up your heart to him, that the Holy Spirit would come in your life and have communion. That's a close relationship with you. That God will come into your life and begin to change and transform your life from the inside out. Not because you need to do this or you need to do that or you need to get your life together before you come to God. No, you just come to God the way that you are. People say, you know, I, I need to get my act together before I get my life right with Christ. That's like saying I need to get healthy before I go see the doctor. No, you just need to give your life to Christ the way that you are and he'll take your life and he'll use your life and he'll fill your life because it's impossible to find satisfaction and fulfillment apart from Jesus Christ. You were made for his purposes, for his plan. You were made for him. And so today I wanna to give you an opportunity to leave here today a different way than you came in. Maybe you came into church today empty, void. But today I wanna to give you that opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, to be filled with the Spirit, and to leave this place today filled with Him. Maybe at one time of your life, you've committed your life to Jesus Christ but you've walked away from God. You know the things that you're doing are compromised. You know where you're at with him, but more importantly, he knows where you're at with him. Maybe others don't, but God does. And today's the day to get right with Jesus Christ, to get back on track and just surrender all to him and give it all to him. All the failure, all the sin, God took it all on the cross when he died for you. The price has already been paid for for those mistakes for those sins. It's time that you stop carrying them and simply give it to him. And if that's you today and you wanna open up your heart to Jesus Christ, to be filled with the spirit, to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ, I wanna give you an opportunity to repeat a prayer. The Bible says that if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess him with your mouth that you will be saved. And I wanna give you an opportunity right now to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior if you want me to lead you in that prayer right now, wherever you're sitting at, whoever you are, in the back or in the front, young or old, no matter who you are, what you've done in the past, it doesn't matter your past, it matters your future. Yesterday's already gone and no man's promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Now, if that's you today and you would say, today is the day I wanna be filled with God. I wanna enter into a relationship with God. I, I wanna open my heart to him. I want you right now just to raise up your hand wherever you're sitting at. 
Just hold up your hand high. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Jesus Christ wasn't ashamed to spread his arms on the cross for you. There's nothing to be ashamed of by saying, I need Jesus. And if you need Jesus Christ in your life to be your Lord and Savior today, and you want to be filled with God today, just raise up your hand. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. There's hands raised all around the sanctuary right now. Any others right now that just want to give your life to Jesus Christ, just raise up your hand. Keep your hand up. God bless you. God bless you as well. Any others? Many right now raising their hands. Any others? As Christ is knocking on the door of your heart right now, I want to lead you in this prayer. And if you're raising your hand right now, but more importantly, you want to open your heart to Jesus Christ, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. And I'm going to ask the church to say this prayer out loud, to surround you in this prayer, to encourage you in this prayer. I want you right now to pray this and believe this in your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I love you. Thank you for loving me. I give you my life. Take me, use me for your purposes and for your plan. I will walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.